Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I'm Solomon Izanga-Shoms in Johannesburg, South Africa. Today we'll be asking whether the South African Premier League is having a negative effect on African football as a whole, with big clubs in South Africa signing many of Africa's rising stars but often failing to give them enough game time. For example, Ghana goalkeeper Fatou Daouda was dropped for a recent international friendly after failing to get a first-team jersey at Orlando Pirates. And we look at the African defenders who are making a mark in the English Premier League. And with the FIFA World Cup finals less than three months away, we find out about the venue that's going to host the final, the Maracanã Stadium. And Maracanã, the word Maracanã comes from a bird that immigrates, you know, uh, from north zones of Brazil, north areas of Brazil, and, you know, coming to Rio de Janeiro. That's all coming up here on Planet Sport Football Africa. First to the CAF Champions League, where there have been some very tough encounters in the preliminary round and in the first round, along with some big-name casualties. The biggest shock was Raja Casablanca of Morocco, who played Bayern Munich in the final of the FIFA Club World Cup last December. Raja went out in the first round to Horoya of Guinea in a penalty shootout in a massive, massive upset. In Yimba of Nigeria, the two-time champions lost in a penalty shootout to Real Bamako of Mali. And here in Zimbabwe, the 1998 runners-up Dynamos were knocked out by AS Vita Club of DR Congo. Eight-time champions Al Atli only progressed on penalties after a 1-1 aggregate scoreline with young Africans of Tanzania. Al Marek of Sudan went out in the preliminary round along with Kano Pillars of Nigeria and Asante Kotoko of Ghana. Well, now there are 16 teams left. They'll be playing in the final knockout round for a place in the group stage. Solomon, the Champions League is becoming really competitive, isn't it? Yes, Steve, I think the African Champions League is definitely becoming very competitive and it's good to see that. But for me, having the final eight, you know, teams, putting them in two groups, I think it's about time uh, we look at a different format. But the competition is really, really hard. And we've seen that some of the smaller nations are beginning to really take it uh, very seriously. And I think that is definitely and generally going to improve African football. We're not going to depend on the so-called big teams that have been doing it before. For me, I really appreciate it because it's definitely helping helping African football and clubs are really taking it very serious. So the competition is really hard. So the big teams also need to really sit down and say, look, what do we need to do right to be able to keep the momentum going, keep winning? Because if they don't do that, the smaller teams, you know, the team that has less resources and finances and not good stadiums or cannot afford the big players, they're beginning to catch up. And that is also going to help, you know, African football development, younger players getting opportunities and looking at the African Champions League as, you know, the, the thing for them to be able to play to showcase their talent. And do you think that it could work if CAF was to increase the number of teams in the group stage from 8 to 16 and have four groups of four instead of two groups of four? It would mean that CAF would have to come up with more sponsorship because normally if you get to the group stage, you know that your costs will be covered. But uh, do you think this could work? CAF on its side. Obviously, like you mentioned, they need to get a bit of sponsorship. For me, I feel it's about time maybe uh, CAF look at really making it uh, a 16-team thing, you know, in the group stage, because that is definitely going to give the other teams, the smaller teams, opportunities for them to be able to be there, you know, coming in there and really making it happen. That way, we're going to be able to really 
we give other teams very very good opportunities uh and uh you never know where that is going to but i mean you need money to be able to make that happen and i think with the last seven eight years CAF definitely have something they can put in their proposal uh to take it to uh some of the corporate uh institutions that will really look at really sponsoring this competition yeah it really is a, a tough task to get into the group stage of the CAF champions league as it stands right now with just eight teams making it there now many of the top clubs in the CAF Champions League have signed players from other African countries and the league that attracts the biggest number of signings is the South African Premier Soccer League. Now, because of the strong financial position of the clubs in South Africa, coming from good sponsorship and TV rights, clubs are able to sign many of Africa's rising stars. But they're often failing to give them enough game time. Mamelodi Sundowns are a huge spending club. They now have 19 foreign players on their books, although only five can be registered with the first team. So many have been loaned out to other sides. But Sundowns are still buying. They bought the Chan player of the tournament, Ejike Uzoeni of Nigeria. And another of these stars at the African Nations Championship, Zimbabwe's Kuda Mahachi, who's been loaned straight back to a club here in Zimbabwe. So the battle for first team football is intense at Sundowns and many stars will sit on the bench or play in the reserve team. Ghana goalkeeper Fatou Daouda was dropped for a recent Black Stars international friendly because he's been failing to hold down a first-team jersey at Orlando Pirates, who signed him last July after he impressed at the Africa Cup of Nations earlier in 2013. On the other hand, it should be said players who do move to South Africa often become physically fitter and often earn a lot more money. So, Solomon, what do you think? Is the South African Premier League having a negative effect on African football as a whole? Yes, I think so, Steve. I think the South African Premier League is, is definitely a league that a lot of players are definitely uh, looking forward to playing in because it offers you not just the financial reward, but it also offers you a great opportunity to showcase your talent uh, so you can move up, you know, hopefully to uh, overseas and also get to play, uh, you know, with the best facilities. They have the best facilities uh, in the continent. So that gives you a lot of that kind of opportunity. Uh, so, But coming into a team, uh, getting signed by a top team like Orlando Pirates or Mami Lodi Sundowns or uh, Kaiser Chiefs and sitting down on the bench, some of these players are big players in their nations and they come into South Africa as top players, expecting them to be in the final 11 uh, for Mami Lodi Sundowns, for instance, but they never really get to do that and they never get the opportunity. A very classic case is Fatou Dauda, the Ghanaian goalkeeper. Uh, he was number one for Ghana playing in AFCON 2013, but right now with uh, Orlando Pirates, he's the second goalkeeper, reserve goalkeeper. He's only played one full game and one substitute uh, game, so not good enough for him. He's a goalkeeper that's supposed to be at the World Cup. So I think it's kind of like killing uh, some of these players. Some of these players come from countries where they don't really get paid very well. So, I mean, they come to South Africa and they they, they end maybe seven times much more than what they end back, back in their local league in their countries. So for some of them are comfortable just sitting on the bench or not even making the team as long as they get paid, you know, uh, which is very, very sad. Uh, South Africa has a lot of opportunities for players to really thrive and to be able to, to really make it. But signing big players... And making them sit on the bench and not even in the top in the final team, that is not just good enough. And Mami Lodi Sundance is very guilty of doing that. I mean, here in Zimbabwe, we have uh, so many star players going to South Africa, getting much better deals, but uh, ending up uh, sitting on the bench or playing in the reserve team. Uh, as you say, these are players who've been big stars in the country here, but they don't seem to get game time there in South Africa. 
Exactly. They don't seem to get game time here. Probably going to come from Zambia or Angola uh, or signing from Mozambique. Uh, coming in here, the top players playing their first team in their country, maybe footballer of the year, maybe, you know, that's why they get signed anyway. But you come into South Africa and play and you don't really get, get the game time. And that really affects the player, affects the quality of the national team of, of, the, of the country, maybe Mozambique or Namibia. And it's not really good enough because you have the money don't mean you, don't, you just keep signing it. Well, thanks a lot to Solomon Ashoms in South Africa. And you can give us your views on this on our Facebook page. What do you think? Is the South African Premier Soccer League having a negative effect on African football as a whole? With big clubs in South Africa signing many of the continent's rising stars, but often failing to give them enough game time? Or do you think it's helping players to develop and to earn a bit more money by moving to South Africa? Our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word. And don't forget to like our page. Well, now it's less than three months to the start of the 2014 FIFA World Cup and we'll be building up to the tournament here on Planet Sport Football Africa. The final takes place at the Maracanã Stadium in Rio de Janeiro on the 13th of July and Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard was in Rio a few months ago and went on a tour of the Maracanã and his guide explained that the stadium has another name. The real name of Maracanã is, isn't Maracanã, it's like Estadio Mario Filho. Mario Filho was a very famous journalist back in the 50s and the 40s. Uh, he was one of the first uh, and one of the main um, characters that stimulated the construction of the, the Maracanã as a stadium. And Maracanã, the word Maracanã comes from a bird that immigrates, you know, uh, from north zones of Brazil, north areas of Brazil, and, you know, coming to Rio de Janeiro in different seasons, and those birds are called Maracanã Guaçu. And because of their amount of birds back in the days around this area where guys step in, the, the, the stadium got the nickname of Maracanã, the name of the birds. They used to make a, a noise, and this noise was called like a whistle. You know, some kind of whistle was very similar to the, to the noise that the, the, the crowd used to make in the games. And that's the reason, like, the, the you know, Maracanã became uh, Maracanã Stadium. And also this region around here, this district, is also called Maracanã in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, so the Maracanã is not actually the real name of the stadium, but the Maracanã is a noisy bird that whistles like a football crowd. As I say, we'll continue to build up to the FIFA World Cup finals here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Right, let's go to the UK now and speak to our European football expert, Stuart Weir. A few weeks ago on the programme, we asked whether the flair has gone out of African football. And one point you made there, Stuart, is that there's a kind of a stereotype that African players are better with the ball than without it. Uh, In other words, they're better as strikers and as creative midfielders. And indeed, uh, most of the Africans in the English Premier League are attackers or midfielders. But it's worth noting that this season there are six African defenders in the English Premier League. Premier League and Norwich City, Stuart, have an African Central Defence Partnership. Yes, I mean, I think this is the first time that's happened. Norwich have got Joseph uh, Yobo and Sebastian Bassong. Now, Joseph Yobo is obviously well known to everyone. Nine years at Everton, 
uh, you know, many caps for Nigeria. Then he went to Turkey to Fenerbahce, where it didn't quite work out for him. And then Norwich have him back now on loan just since uh, January this year, the transfer window. Uh, and he's paired up with um, Sebastian Bassong of Cameroon, um, who has had two seasons at Norwich after being at, at Spurs for several years. Um, you'd have to say it's not been a totally successful uh, partnership. Uh, in one recent game, for example, Aston Villa put four goals past Norwich and poor old um, Sebastian uh, found himself turning the ball into his own net. Uh, Norwich are one of those teams who are very much in relegation trouble, conceding a lot of goals. Um, Kolo Torre is a player who's now in, I believe, his 13th season in the Premiership, Arsenal, Man City and now at Liverpool. And and he's playing really well uh, and uh, you know he's skillful, uh, reads the game well strong and you know he's probably the best example of uh, an African defender who's he's really made a career of it um, West Ham have got uh, Guy Demel uh, of Ivory Coast uh, played most of his career in Germany 10 seasons with Hamburg and Dortmund and been at West Ham for the last two seasons and uh, you know West Ham looked as if they were odds on for relegation and have now put a load of good results together so you know, he's doing well. And Hull, of course, have got two African d- defenders, Abdullah Fai of Senegal and El Hamadi of Egypt. Now, El Hamadi has been there for two seasons, having previously been in Sunderland. Uh, Fai has just, has, well, he's been in, in England for a while, but he's struggling really to be in the team. He's only playing an FA Cup ties. So he's not getting a lot of game time at the moment. But again, it just breaks the stereotype that... Uh, You know, uh, Africans aren't good at chasing the ball. You know, there's examples of uh, certainly uh, Joseph Yobo and uh, Kolo Torre have have been defenders of the highest possible standard, um, made excellent careers uh, in, in the Premiership. So, you know, it's just nice to see some of the stereotypes being broken. And, uh, you know, as, as we talked previously about whether Africa needed more flair, uh, of course, all the flair in the world won't help you if you can't defend. Well, indeed, that's true. So some African players among the top defensive talent in the English Premier League. And thanks a lot to Stuart Weir in the UK. Also to Solomon Ashams in South Africa. And that's it for today's show. But do give us your thoughts on our Facebook page. Our main question this week is, is the South African Premier League having a negative effect on African football as a whole? With big clubs in South Africa signing many of Africa's rising stars, but often failing to give them enough game time. The Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word. And don't forget to like the page too. From me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe. Thanks for listening. The show will be back next week. You can find us online at planetsport.tv. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.